You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. To RB1 Colon A, Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Vaccine.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes and Mr. Class Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, Pete. Doing great. The glass selection today is a little Game of Thrones theme. I don't know if you guys can see that. House Stark. House Stark. Nancy, I'm going with the Austin Hipster drink receptacle, a good old-fashioned mason jar for my Dos Equis. Oh, delightful, delightful, delightful. It's like I, the best of Texas there. Have y'all seen the... Have y'all the, seen giant, the, the giant the Texas flag that's right there for you? That yeah. flag right there is flown over the capital of Texas, boys. Oh, so, wow. Dang wow, yeah. eh, I'm not going to say. Um, good. So we're good. Everyone's good, right? We're all good? We're good? I'm pumped. We're good. Lots to talk about tonight. Let's uh, oh, yes. let's talk some f-ing football, you guys, because holy mother of all that is holy. We uh, shit has gone down, uh, and we're just the whole podcast. We're just dedicating the whole podcast to this. Uh, I figured the best way to approach this chaos, um, because it is sheer and utter chaos, is to go team by team, right? I figure we'll obviously ignore the boring ones, but this way we're going to go in a calm controlled order we're going to go alphabetically that way if we do the biggest free agents all at the top of the show then you know who needs to listen to the end of the show right we need to strategically place the big free agent signings in our important discussions about them uh throughout the show so that people are forcibly uh forcibly have to listen to the whole thing yeah and going alphabetically is always a good move for those of you struggling out there with how to do your order on emails at work always go alphabetical no one can be upset that is some very sage advice from Clark right there. Well done, Clark. That is a little factoid that all of our listeners can take, put into their pocket, and uh, look like a good, good working professional the next day. It's the kind of uh, insight that you can only get from this podcast. So there you go. Uh, let's start off with the team that started everything off. And I know we're breaking a little bit out of the alphabetical order that I literally just said because R comes after e but they're both start with b because fun fact there's no nfl team that starts with a uh until the new mexico armadillos becomes a franchise cleveland browns are going to start us off they started off the free agent insanity the browns have decided that hey you know what sucking sucks and uh we're going to do everything in our power to at least be adequate three games right that's all that they need to win to be great Traded for Jarvis Landry, traded for Tyrod Taylor, signed Carlos Hyde, signed an offensive tackle of Chris Hubbard. All right off the bat, you've got basically a brand new offense at each skill position. Uh, they're going to use their number one pick on quarterback, but let's let's start with the with the names that are directly in front of us. Uh, Clark, your initial impressions on on just this kind of landslide of moves that Cleveland has made. 
I like all of the players that they've picked up. I'm a little disappointed that all of these players have gone to the Browns. <laughs> I This is a list of people that I was excited about going into free agency, and they've all wound up on the Browns. It's really tough to shake off my memory of what the Browns have been for the past few years. But looking into all of the deals, it doesn't look like they had to give up a ton to get these guys and they're good, solid pros. So I think that they're making their team better. I don't think people in Cleveland should expect an eight and eight season, but I think they're going to get better. And I'm going to be really interested in seeing how the Browns look this year. Yeah. I, I, I am already telling you right now that I'm probably going to overdraft Carlos Hyde. I was super hyped on Isaiah Crowell last year because uh, because of Cleveland going and investing in the offensive line and putting a lot of big bodies there. And I know Joe Thomas retired. Um, pour some out for that guy's career. My goodness. Hall of Fame guy uh, who never had a winning season. Can I say that? Is that true? I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb and just assuming that the Browns did not have a winning season in the last 11 years. He never started out 1-0. That's the only factoid I have. Which is so depressing. Can you imagine playing 11 years and never once winning an opening game? Just like the odds are somehow, you know, have to be in your favor where you just happen to stumble upon a victory. Yeah, I'll let the uh, fake team's uh, stat staff get yep. back to me on this. But I think the last time the Browns were good, they had Brian Hoyer starting for them. And that's damning praise. That is not great. I am actually, and and we'll get back to the actual discussion here. I'm actually for fake teams coming out tomorrow. So stay tuned, everyone. Writing an article which is uh, predicting all of the different stat lines for this whole new offense. So predicting what Carlos Hyde's stats are going to look like, what Jarvis Landry's stats are going to look like, what Tyrod Taylor is going to look like, and and all of the receivers there. Um, and in doing so, I learned a fun fact. My prediction is that Tyrod Taylor throws roughly 20 touchdowns for them the last time a cleveland brown quarterback threw over 15 touchdowns in a season uh was 2007 with Derek anderson 2007 cleveland browns quarterback has not thrown 15 touchdowns in a season since 2007 that is absurd slinging it to braylon edwards remember him oh wow <laughs> going way back in the days um so I'm going to already overdraft Carlos Hyde. I have always been a big Carlos Hyde fan. I think he's just, he's kind of one of those backs who we talked about maybe not so much so like Matt Forte, but in the sense that like, he just always kind of gets you fantasy production. You know, he's not amazing, but he's not bad. He's always going to kind of get you above middle tier uh, fantasy production. He's currently, and these are, these are all these ADPs are from fantasy football calculator. Uh, he's currently RB 16. I think that's going to increase because I like him better than RB16, uh, if you ask me. Um, and then Jarvis Landry, I mean, we've talked about him before on this podcast. I like the fact that he's paired with Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman, both of whom can take the top off of defense and hopefully create space for Landry to operate. Um, but, you know, it'll be curious to see whether or not Landry can kind of shake off the uh, – aura of being just a line of scrimmage receiver and maybe actually make plays downfield. Is that something he could do? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that he can. I just feel like he's a really odd fit with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is a great improvisational chuck it deep quarterback. He's not that kind of pinpoint accuracy quarterback, but you know, I have to keep in mind, uh, the quarterback for Miami, Tannehill, is also not a pinpoint passer. And Jarvis Landry, you know, found a way to get it done. 
So I, I, I am of two competing minds. My love of Jarvis Landry and my worry that Tyrod Taylor is not going to be able to put it on him enough. But super interesting team, lots of skill players, kind of a la the Eagles when they picked up all of those defensive players. It's going to be interesting to see if in six months everybody says, guys, we forget every season when everyone goes out and picks up free agents that it's not the best way to build your team. Or if we go, wow, the Browns actually are, you know, five and six, like they're doing pretty well. Yeah. I think where Jarvis Landry can really thrive with uh, Tyrod Taylor at QB is when things start to break down when he starts to find little spaces and, you know, not necessarily floating down the field, like what you would have if you had a burner out there. Um, I really like what the Cleveland Browns have done. Uh, Carlos Hyde has always felt like pre 2017 Mark Ingram to me hmm. in that he, he was always like r- pretty good. Like he was your number two running back and you know, you were solid with him. Um, I also like the length of the contracts that they're giving out. Uh, looks like a lot of three year deals, um, a five year deal for Chris Hubbard, but it's, 37 and a half million and that's for an offensive tackle which is pretty pretty decent deal so it looks like they can get out from under a lot of these um contracts if they need to and they they're in this position thanks to sashi brown um so i mean i guess big ups to him for running the cleveland browns process but at the same time where they just weren't going to improve as be- in order to do that they had to ship out a lot of their veteran players already so it's like, who do those young, like rookies that they're drafting with all these draft picks, who do they learn from? Like, how do they get the feel for the NFL? How do they learn the game? I'm mean, Hugh Jackson may or may not be the best coach in the world. So who are they learning this from? And with these additions here, heavy on the defense as much as the, on the offense, they've set themselves up for a pretty good season, I think, and will get the most out of their number one and number four pick if they have people that they can learn behind. Yeah. I'm, I'm very reticent. Cause I, I think Clark alluded to this. It's like, I could easily see myself and maybe I'll speak for everyone, but definitely myself speak, talking myself into this team and being like, Hey, yeah, sure. It's the Browns, but you know, we've seen Jarvis Landry have success. We've seen Carlos Hyde have success. We've seen Tyrod Taylor even have success. Put the three together, you've got to get something. But there's also a very real part of the Browns that is just kind of, it torches everyone. No one is immune to the Browns' stink. And it's going to, I will be very curious to see whether or not these players can survive the Browns' stink. And if uh, come, you know, mid-October, uh, early November, if we're, if my, uh, my excitement for this team is, it looks stupid right now. Yeah. Uh, fake teams stats and information has just gotten back to me. Oh, Brian Hoyer was quarterback in 2014 for the Browns where they won seven games, all of which Brian Hoyer led them in passing. So nailed wow. it. Brian Hoyer. There you go. So Joe Thomas, you've at least won seven games in this season. So you can't complain too much, Joe. All right. Oh, can't can't complain. Uh, Let's get back. Let's get into actual alphabetical order here. And let's then move on uh, to the Chicago Bears. Uh, The Bears. The Bears, where I'm about to get all of the beers off of you two, uh, because Allen Robinson did not 
sign with the Seattle Seahawks, nor did he sign with the Baltimore Ravens. He, in fact, signed with Chi-Town. Um, I And they also signed Trey Burton. I don't know what's the best way to do this, whether or not we want to talk about one player and then go on to other players, but I'll list them all right now. Allen Robinson, Trey Burton. That's who they signed. So there you go. Uh, Jordan, give us your thoughts on either or as um, as our resident NFC North homer. Uh, well, I have Chicago as a winner because they they went out and were able to grab Allen Robinson, even though he said quarterback play was a major key factor in his decision making. Um, Trey Burton shade thrown at Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Trey Burton, four years, 32 million. That's I mean, kind of a steep per year price for a tight end that hasn't started games, mostly just been a relief tight end so far but the best part about that is with Robinson and Burton is they're surrounding Trubisky with young talent that can help him it can help the run game with Jordan Howard um Chase Daniel is a veteran QB who's not Mike Glennon um they got him for two years 10 million and like one of the best parts about their free agency this year is they got under or they got out from under the terrible free agent contracts of the past year, uh, like McGlennon, Marcus Wheaton, and Marcus Cooper, who just they uh, they clearly didn't deliver because they're out of there. So they got out from under that, and yeah, I have them as a winner actually. I I like the Trey Burton signing because Trey Burton, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, for the two weeks that he took over when Zach Ertz was injured, uh, those two weeks he was the best fantasy tight end in the NFL. Um, and we know Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, now head coach for the Bears, uh, is able to get production out of the tight end slot. I mean, he he did it with Travis Kelsey, and I'm not saying that uh, Trey Burton is Travis Kelsey, but he is a hyper athletic tight end, um, who I think has shown flashes when he's, when he's in a starting role. And I'll be very interested to see, um, what they're able to construct and, and build around him. I'm just sad to see Allen Robinson go there because I was, you know, the sky's the limit with this guy and he's going to be playing with the bears who I know Mitchell Trubisky was playing with not a lot around him in his rookie year. And guy could take a big step forward. And this may sound really silly in a couple of months, but I just really wanted to see Allen Robinson go somewhere good. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping, you're hoping Mitchell Trubisky makes a Jared Goff step in his, in his sophomore year, which again, I'm not, I'm going to look like an idiot in five weeks when Mitchell Trubisky is throwing 300 interceptions, five weeks, the hell am I talking about? Five months, six months, seven months, however long until September, I don't do math. Good. Um, when Mitchell Trubisky is throwing like 300 interceptions in the preseason game, but not only do they get Allen Robinson and Trey Burton, they're also getting Cam Meredith back. Um, both Robinson and Meredith are coming back from torn ACLs. However, that's now looking like, a uh, you know, it, it has the potential to be a pretty serviceable receiving core uh, and even above average. And so if you're, if any, if you're going to get a big step out of Mitchell Trubisky at any point, old Mitchie Mitch, this is going to, you know, they've, they've put themselves in a position for Mitchell to, uh, uh, to take a step forward and and hopefully you know bring some sort of bring some sort of fantasy and general football competence uh, to Chicago. I think what they will do too. Um, well, real quick, is Kevin White going to play football or is he like well, that's that's doesn't want to play football anymore? I don't know. Uh, but I think what they're going to do too with Matt Nagy coming over from Kansas City is use Jordan Howard and at the same time use Tariq Cohen in more of a Tyreek Hill type of role. Obviously not the same kind of talents, but just 
throw them all around the field. Like you don't need yeah. Tariq Cohen running between the tackles. Just put them like literally anywhere you can and cause mismatches. Yeah, I like that. No, they've got talent there. They got talent. It'll be interesting to see how that talent is utilized. Um, I've smashed these two teams together uh, just because they have both taken a Vikings quarterback. They're alphabetically next to each other, uh, and that's literally all they've really done. Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Broncos signed Case Keenum to some absurd contract and Sam Bradford to an equally absurd contract. Sam Bradford, this man still makes money. I don't understand how he does it. I think it was a one-year, $20 million deal, and Case Keenum was a uh, $34, $36 million deal over three years or something like that. Um, Two years for 36. Two years for Case Keenum. It blows my mind that Sam Bradford is still getting paid $20 million for his services. That man, I don't know how. I don't know what he, like, who he knows and who he's blackmailing in the NFL front offices but my God, every team seems to want to get their hands on him and are happy to shell out money through the nose for him. He's like the epitome of a, num- a former number one overall pick. Just they're they're going to drag him and kicking and screaming to be successful. Like <laughs> they just absolutely want him to be successful. And his his agent's like got to be a Hall of Famer. He's got to get a bust, I think. <laughs> get some first agent in Canton, baby. Pretty much. <laughs> I think the reason people always get excited about Sam Bradford is because of the phrase when he's healthy, yeah, he looks mm-hmm. good. Every yeah. time he's been healthy, he's looked really good. And the only thing that's held him back has been injury. And so people just keep praying that he's going to make it through a season. I like both of these deals because what is either of these teams supposed to do? Right. Like, it's not like they picked these guys over other elite players that they could have had. So what are you supposed to do? Like, yeah, they went out and, Sign some guys to contracts they can get out from under next year and yeah, take a shot. If you guys, uh, and I'll start with you, Jordan, first, I guess. Um, if you were in a position where you had to choose between a skill position player uh, in Denver or a skill position player in Arizona to draft, who would like Emmanuel Sanders or Larry Fitzgerald, who are you drafting? Uh, David Johnson. <laughs> are, are we just talking wide receivers? <laughs> Oh, that's fair. I mean, I mean, I set I set myself up for failure because I wasn't very specific in what I was trying to get at. We were talking about the quarterbacks here, Jordan, and so I was trying to make a point as to like, oh, which quarterback do you trust more to provide a fantasy uh, improvement for their wide receivers? But sure, undermine my whole point <laughs> by bringing up David Johnson. Well, if I'm going wide receiver, I'm going Larry Johnson because that dude's just aged like LeBron James. Like he's just. Who's Larry Johnson? I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm mixing up my fantasy football years. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Down. Yeah, so I, I don't think that the David Johnson claim is that bad because I tweeted out earlier that for Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson owners, Sam Bradford is a great signing. He throws the ball short incredibly accurately, and that's where both of those guys eat. So I I like both of those guys better then I like, you know, taking a shot on Case Keenum coming to another new audit, uh, another new offense and, you know, reviving Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, who've been a little disappointing. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. There's definitely more uh, more consistent fantasy production, I guess you could say, out of Arizona or out of Larry Fitzgerald, really. That guy. I mean, you said it, Jordan, that guy, man, I don't understand how he is still able to just con- routinely be atop the league in both and like receiving yards and receptions. The guy's phenomenal. And now all of that comes with a caveat of 
if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of staying healthy, oh, what a fantastic transition to our next team. The Kansas City Chiefs signed Sammy Watkins. Clark is thrilled. I just... Uh, it, it could be great. It's a quarterback that we haven't seen do anything that is getting a lot of hype and a wide receiver that I absolutely love playing for a coach who I absolutely love and an offense with tons of skill players that I absolutely love. But the big question mark is the biggest and most important position in the game. Are we going to see anything out of the second year, man? Your hope. We, yeah, we could. Yeah, we might not. You're hoping that that time on the bench has, has matured Pat Mahomes into a, a phenomenal quarterback. I mean, I've seen mixed reports here in actual football world. I don't, love this because they paid a shit ton of money for sammy watkins um and sammy watkins has been healthy one season and that was last season and he has talent but you gotta you gotta fit him into your offense you gotta fit him into your scheme you gotta make sure that he's going to be able to jive and click with pat mahomes blah 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 blah. fantasy wise clark you alluded to it this is a scary team fantasy wise if everything clicks i mean you got sammy watkins tyree kill travis kelsey and kareem hunt back there um, if Pat Mahomes is even like halfway decently good, uh, I mean, Sammy Watkins right now is ADP is start of the sixth round. He's wide receiver 27. If you see anything out of those, if you've seen Pat Mahomes from last year's preseason in like a more mature, making better decisions, uh, this year, uh, then I think that's that ADP skyrockets because I think the people freaking love themselves some Sammy Watkins and are always hoping that he's going to uh, become the elite number one fantasy receiver that everyone thinks he could be. Sammy Watkins will not make it to the sixth round in any draft that I am participating in this year. There you go. Those are words. So if you're in a, if you're in a league with Clark and you're drafting, make sure to take Sammy Watkins before at least take it basically in the first round, just take Sammy Watkins in the first round. That way you're sure Clark can't have him. Cause you know, he's going to Clark. Uh, I also feel like I think I should have, I should have, I should have taken you up on this. Cause I think you, you put out a bet Clark that Sammy Watkins was going to go to the 49ers. Correct. Yes. I believe you did. And I think, I, so. I think that, that might've been me too. Did you take him up on, or did you say that as well? I think I, I agreed. I think we all agreed. So that's no beers for Clark. I mean, no one got no one got a got paid for that, which is upsetting because you you duped me, Clark. You duped Sammy me. Sammy Watkins got paid. Sammy oh. Watkins did get paid. Um, Jordan, do you have any thoughts on Sammy Watkins before we move on down the alphabet? Well, what's hilarious about it is that the Chiefs just paid for Sammy Watkins what the Packers paid for Devontae Adams. And I think that's awesome. Um but I just a subtle you know, plug there for how great your team is. Good job, good job, well done. <laughs> well, I think if we can actually get first round pick Sammy Watkins, like what we saw from Clemson and what we saw for like a season in Buffalo, then the Chiefs are going to be really good. And they added a young receiver to go along with that young core that I was talking about last week. That they're just they're all built for the future, and they're all kind of roughly on the same timeline. They don't have like. Jeremy Macklin, who they brought in a few years ago, who really wasn't all that productive. So I, if Sammy Watkins can stay on the field, if his feet are fine, then 
Yeah, just send up Sammy Watkins flying in a straight line so he doesn't have to like turn or like no cutting. Don't no cutting. Yeah, just send him straight down the field. Straight down. Pat Mahomes throws it as far as he can, and we'll see who catches it. I think that's I think that's the way the offense should be run. It'll just stick to Sammy Watkins' massive hands because I remember that was like the thing coming out of college was his hands were just huge. That's that's why uh, that's why we're here, you guys, because we <laughs> offer because we are. Uh, Elite hand coaches. hand analysis. <laughs> yeah, we also have elite hand analysis. Uh, moving down the list, the Miami Dolphins, uh, really the only thing fantasy-wise that they did was they signed Danny Amendola. Goodbye, Danny. Pour some out for Danny Playoff Dola, who was a monster for the Patriots and and will be, rem- will be missed in New England. Um, but I guess my question to you guys is, do you trust any of these receivers fantasy-wise? Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola now? Are there anyone here who, if you saw them, and you would you be like, uh, maybe I'll take a flyer, or are you just pretty much being like, uh, no, the Dolphins are the plague, and I will avoid it? I'm still holding out as much hope for Devontae Parker as I am for uh, Sammy Watkins, because they're I think they're both 24, roughly on the mm-hmm. same uh, timeline. So I think Devontae Parker, I feel like he's just in a bad system. And I feel like Miami is like, I have them as a huge loser for a free agency because they cut in Dominican Sue for a $22 million cap hit. That's just straight up dead money. <laughs> luckily, contract. Yeah. I mean, luckily they were able to get Tannehill to restructure. He had like 17.6 and now his base salary is like the vet minimum and the rest is a signing bonus. So luckily they were able to recoup some of that space back, but I don't know what Miami's doing. Like they really no one really... knows what Miami's doing. This happens every single off season. Miami is just yeah. like, hey, we're gonna scrap everything that we were building up to last season, and we're just gonna completely retool. Every year this happens. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I always kind of liked Albert Wilson. I thought if he was maybe more the center of the offense in Kansas City, or at least got more of a look, he would be really good. But I don't know. Parker, yeah, I'm still reserving hope for. Yeah, I'm not giving up on any of the wide receivers except that they're going to have Ryan Tannehill throwing them the ball, and it's the Dolphins. So I think all of these guys could be good, but I just I don't trust Miami. I I saw this on Twitter that someone tweeted this idea out. Um, what if Miami drafts Lamar uh, Jackson and then moves Ryan Tannehill to wide receiver? Who says no? <laughs> Who says no? Take that old football cognizante. Yeah, suck it, you guys. They're my stealth team to go up and grab a QB, too. So I, I think Lamar Jackson would be pretty scary over there. Yeah, I like it. That would at least it would at least bring some sort of excitement to that team because there is nothing there. But a team with a ton of excitement. Uh man, these transitions are just so fluid and natural. I and it's great that I keep pointing that out because I think it really helps the transition. It's like a good joke, right? If you hey, explain the joke, it always makes it funnier. Be proud of your work, Pete. Yeah, you know, that's what I gotta do. It's the small things that count. The 49ers have been everyone's darling after Jimmy Garoppolo went undefeated. Uh, and has become the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. And they only built upon that by signing Richard Sherman, who fantasy-wise 
sure kind of helps, but that's a big freaking move in the actual football world. But fantasy wise, you guys, and Clark already got super excited about this on Twitter. I'm already super excited. Uh, Jarek McKinnon to the 49ers. Holy mother of God. Clark, talk to me about how beautiful this pairing is. So I always fall in love with the little fast running backs, and that's been my downfall in a lot of drafts. But I am in love with this little fast running back, and I think he's going to be great. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, and I think this is going to be so amazing that I am quite all right uh, owing Clark a six-pack here because I said Deion Lewis was going to go uh, to the 49ers. Spoiler alert, uh, he did not. Um, and I believe Clark took me up on that because he, as his words were, no, it's stupid. That's dumb. You're wrong. I yeah, think unfor- his unfortunately, my counter was that he's going to the Texans. <laughs> Which, oh, so so we're going to call that one a push. Um, hey, you yeah. know who? You know who else is a little small running back that Mike Shanahan has coached before? Devontae Freeman. Ooh. Just, now, just saying. Ooh, I'm just, just saying. Wait, are okay. these are these your okay. sources talking again, Jordan? Jordan, are you hearing whispers again? No. Well. Devontae Freeman probably plays a little bit bigger than he actually is, but he's only five foot eight. So he's actually a little guy, believe it or not. All right. These guys, while both diminutive and quick are completely different running backs. They're they're, there. I love Jarek McKinnon, but I will marry Devontae Freeman. That guy's little, but he'll stick his, he'll stick it up in there. He's quick. He's fast. Devontae Freeman is a, Real workhorse, three down running back, a la Ray Rice. Yes, he's small, but he's amazing. Jarek McKinnon is is more the new breed kind of. I want to see him get sixty catches and and you know fifty carries, and he's going to be electric on forty five of those catches, kind of back. In my Shan- Shanahan's going to get that from him. Like I I could not think of a better pairing for a back like Jarek McKinnon. Like what you were saying, Clark. This new breed, the kind of smaller, basically receivers who come out of the backfield. Um, a la Christian McCaffrey. Like I could see Jared McKinnon very easily having a Christian McCaffrey type season where, or, or Duke Johnson. Wait, where, so a down year. So a down year. Is that what you said? Yeah. Like let's not go making that as like a positive comparison. Well, I'm not saying on the ground. I'm saying through the air. Christian McCaffrey had like 80 receptions. He was a wide receiver that ran the ball 50 times. Um, but anyways, this is a t- this is tons of fantasy points uh, on fantasy football calculator. They don't even have Jarek McKinnon. They don't have an ADP for him. So his ADP is not even existent right now. So I'm drafting him in the first freaking round, baby. Uh, but I do before we move on from the 49ers, I do have a question. Jimmy G currently QB seven thoughts. Let's I mean, maybe, but let's pump the brakes a little bit. There's no pumping the brakes here. I had a discussion with a friend in a group chat earlier this week, and he didn't really understand the hype around Jimmy Garoppolo being, and I said he's at least better than 16 other NFL quarterbacks on the top 50%. Totally. He wasn't buying that. So I'm like, well, I don't even know if there's actually 10 quarterbacks better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I the stats don't really back it up right now because he only played a few games, but that's when you really got to take the eye test into consideration. And he could make a lot of good throws. Clark is thinking about this. I want to think about this too. Let's do this right now, live on the podcast. 10 quarterbacks better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Can you do it? I feel like 10 is a very optimistic but reasonable assertion. And maybe a little too optimistic. So we've got, I'm putting Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Tom Brady, 
I'm putting Matt Stafford in front of him. I'm putting Philip Rivers, Ben, ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz if he comes back healthy. I'm putting Dak Prescott ahead of him. I'm certainly putting Drew Brees ahead of him. Matt I Ryan. can't believe you're not saying Aaron Rodgers. I'm offended. <laughs> To be fair, I'm cheating and going down the list of last year's top scores. So okay. thank you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, you heard it here first. Jimmy Garoppolo, better yeah. quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Passes just the right next to him. That just is right 100% fact. Um, so, like, okay, like like 12 to 10? Totally. Okay, sure. That's reasonable. Like, I think yeah, you, I can see that. I think you can make the argument with some of those guys, like Dak, maybe Cam. I mean, Cam Cam is hard to to consider just because he is such a unique quarterback in that he is not really a court. I mean, he's like a, a th- he's just he's a, one of a kind. Yeah, he, he's one of a kind. He's he's a decent thrower. He's an amazing runner, and, and he's just a, yeah, yeah, he's one of a kind. Yeah, I, I think from a fantasy perspective too, you got to just for whatever uh, shortcomings that Garoppolo might have, he has Mike Shanahan as a coach, and he's going to put him in a very good position as a quarterback. So that. I mean, maybe doesn't help him with the whole QB rankings, but from a fantasy perspective, I'm looking at that too because I had MVP Matt Ryan last year for fantasy, and it was glorious. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted you know a couple of days ago. Remember when Matt Schaub led the NFL in passing? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that, that was, was Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan knows how to work them QBs. He's one of those coaches mm-hmm. who gets the most out of his players, and okay. that's why someone saying he's. Jimmy Garoppolo is top 10, even though he's had six good games. That's I'm not going to balk at that saying, you know, top five. I mean, come on, guys. Well, that's, 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 I mean, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers is in top five. We've already established. Yeah, he's that. like five or 10. <laughs> Jeez, I feel so bad. I mean, come on. He's, he's out of the top five there. Uh, let's move on to a team with a quarterback who is nowhere near any of those numbers. Um, the Jaguars. Lose Allen Robinson, but in that remaining space, are able to re-sign Marquise Lee, sign uh, Colts receiver Dante Moncrief. But the biggest signing, for me at least, and for anyone who uh, really cares about football, they signed guard Andrew Norwell, who was by far and away the best guard in the free agency class. And this is huge for Fournette and that power run game uh, and just and just uh, longevity and and security, I guess you could say, or production along the offensive line. That was a huge get for them. Yeah, so that's a – from what I was seeing, everything before free agency period started was that Andrew Norwell was in pretty deep talks with the Giants um, and signing up there. Granted, they don't really have a running back that is even going to be able to run behind that line yet. Jonathan but- Stewart! It, I feel like it does have some sort of implications for um, a Saquon Barkley draft pick because um, they got the Giants got Nate Solder, but he's a tackle. And I think if they wanted to draft a young running back, they would have been able or they would have wanted to land a guard so he could run inside the tackles up the uh, the A gaps and the B gaps. But for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're right. This is huge. Leonard Fournette got banged up last year because he. I, was was he the biggest guy on the field at any given point in time? He might Probably. have been, but this this will help him stay clean. He ran like he was the biggest guy yeah. on the field, and that yes. might have contributed to why he didn't make it. But as a Texans fan, I love all of these moves from the Jaguars because this is the Jaguars being get it ready, Pete, the f-ing Jaguars. <laughs> what a horrible set of signings. Other than the guard, you let Allen Robinson go. You sign, I mean, 
what are you thinking? And and this is what I have come to expect from the Jaguars. So it is nice to have a return to normalcy. The Jaguars are are steering right back into the bottom of the AFC South, baby. Last year was a fluke. They hit the ice patch and they started to drift a little bit and they just steered into it. And hey, you know what? I'm I'm in on the Jaguars. I'm sorry, Clark. They got Moncrief to a one-year prove-it deal, and they kept their boy Marquise Lee. So I, I think they're not going to really lose too much on the offensive end because they were they able didn't have to, Al- they didn't they have didn't Al- last year. to benefit yeah from last year. So Jordan, I think uh, last year recording the podcast, we showed who the better analyst was. So I'm going to look forward to trying to best you this year. <laughs> and so I hope that we write this one down and that the Jaguars. Make me right, because uh, you know eventually I would like to be right about the eventually. Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars, you heard it here first. Make Clark proud. Uh, if you want to come on, if the entire team wants to come on to the podcast and talk to us about how they're going to make Clark proud, uh, you know where we're at. Or if Jadavian Clowney would like to come on and talk about how I'm right, also calling everybody a trash bag, you know, eh, you know, trash can, whatever. Trash can. Trash can. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, you know, trash bags go in trash cans. I feel like there's not there's not uh, too much of a discrepancy there. I feel like so if, you, if you don't have a trash can, you can turn a trash bag into a trash can. I don't so like really, a trash bag has more per, more functional purpose than a trash yeah. can. So, um, moving on, the New York Jets failed at every quarterback they tried to get, uh, so they decided to sign Teddy Bridgewater. Chris Ivory? Ooh. Chris Ivory who? Now it's Isaiah Crowell. The second coming of Chris. Uh, the second coming of Chris Ivory. He's a power back with dreads. That's basically the same thing, right? Um, Out of all the Vikings QBs that were free agents, so I thought Teddy Bridgewater was the best get. Five million dollars for one year of Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, what if he comes in cheap. and he plays well? Right. Um, if he if he if he is able to rekindle what he was looking like before he just absolutely eviscerated his knee, the Jets suddenly have a decent quarterback. Exactly. And they'll probably draft a QB, but they they kind of lost me with the true main Johnson signing. Fifteen million per year. Oh that's too much. Lordy. I think with Bridgewater you bring up a good point of for what it costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a no risk deal where you right. make a good young quarterback who is developing really nicely before some horrid injury. So yeah, I, I'm with four you times that. less than Sam Bradford. Which is absurd to me. It's absurd to me that Sam Bradford in this NFL is worth four times more than Teddy Bridgewater. Because regardless, whatever you want to say, it's like, oh, but Sam Bradford, we have more tape on him. Right, but Sam Bradford, has Sam Bradford played even 10 games in a season? Yeah, we have more tape, but you got to stitch it together for the past Like, Yeah, if you want to put together a full season of Sam Bradford, you got to piece together three to four seasons. Come on, people. It's like when you're watching a movie and you can tell the scenes where they had to do reshoots. Because Sam Bradford doesn't have the same like haircut in each highlight, because it's from all completely different right. seasons. Basically, yeah, this is the Crow all over again. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Sam Bradford, the star of the Crow. There it is. There's a movie we need to make. Okay, you guys, we had to eventually discuss this team uh, because both the alphabet deems it necessary, and because Jordan nailed the beer bet. The Green Bay Packers. Go out and signed Muhammad Wilkerson, which Jordan called a hundred percent. A round of applause for Jordan Smith here, you guys. I gave him so much shit on Twitter for quoting <laughs> sources. There was a rando who gave Jordan shit for on Twitter because he was in his bed while giving yeah. his sources. 
Oh, One of really? my favorite stupid picks <laughs> on Twitter ever. Such a good take. The guy was just like, he was like, I'd believe his sources more if he wasn't reporting from his bed. <laughs> like, what do they think I'm live on the scene? Like, <laughs> I don't get paid for this shit. Just um, standing at Lambeau Field. But know, anyway, dude, lean into that one. Yeah, like, that yeah. is. I am live. You got you got all of the sources uh, from your bedroom. Um, but the Packers now suddenly have we talked about Muhammad Wilkerson a lot on the last podcast, so we don't need to spend too much time on him. But uh, that's that's a BRIO Jordan because I definitely took him up on that one, um, and he nailed it. Uh, on a fantasy side, with more fantasy importance, the Packers signed Jimmy Graham, which I can't believe no one put beers on because that seemed like a perfect pairing and, and something that I think you could have gotten people to bite on. Um, but the signing of Jimmy Graham comes with the cost of releasing Jordy Nelson. Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts on losing Jordy Nelson? Oh no. I don't mind losing Jordy Nelson because well, I don't that's think not he's the response I wanted. I mean, I don't think he's this. I mean, I respect everything that he's done for the team and for the community around green Bay. But at the same time, I think he kind of, lost a step and so all the reports over the winter was him saying like well i want to play at least one more year and then we'll see how i feel that usually doesn't make you feel great about how they feel about what their body is mm-hmm. doing but for jimmy graham i would have liked somebody a little bit less expensive because it's three years 30 million and i think 22 of that is guaranteed which is a little bit too much for a tight end that's on the wrong side of 30 right now. And they're going to get essentially the same production out of Jimmy Graham as they did Jordy Nelson. I think they both average the same amount of yards per catch, which is, I mean, that's okay. And Jimmy Graham Are you talking last year because Jordy Nelson has been like wide receiver one, a couple of years in the NFL. You mean just last year after Aaron Rodgers got, hurt right like well ever since his acl injury i feel like he's he's lost a little bit of his short area quickness and like he has, yeah he, he has become more of a, jordy's impact has become more red zone targets yeah and before aaron went down last year I, their red zone touchdown percentage was off the charts ridiculous and Jimmy five Graham, touchdowns in three games Jimmy Look, this Graham. just means you've got to buy high on Jimmy Graham. If Jordan and his freaking bed sources are telling you that Jimmy Graham is going to be Jordy Nelson, you freaking get Jimmy Graham. <laughs> I'm just hurt because so, I don't care about the Packers at all, but I love Jordy Nelson. And to hear a Packers fan talk about Jordy like this is really upsetting to me. The thing that Jimmy could probably do better than Jordy, though, is be split out in the slot maybe a little bit. Um, I don't think the Seahawks used him as well. And the Packers got to prove right away that Jimmy Graham can be more of a between the 20s guys and not just a red zone target because they don't need the the red zone scoring. They have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a magician in the red zone. But if Jimmy Graham catches 10 touchdowns in the red zone, I'm not going to be upset about it. Um, Clark, and we'll, we'll bounce this to Jordan too. Uh, what is your favorite landing spot for Jordy Nelson? I, not the Raiders. Please. Oh God, no. Oh, not please. the Raiders. Yeah. Can we, can we get this out there right now? Because we did such a good job of putting good vibes out in last week's podcast. Jordy Nelson, for the love of God, please do not go to the Raiders. I want Jordy to go back to green Bay. 
Like three mil. Like go back for three mil, buy a Ford dealership. You're a legend, Jordy. Please go back to Green Bay. So Clark is living in a world of dreams. This isn't news. I've been doing this for a year and a half on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what's your best landing spot from Jordy? Best landing spot. Well, I don't want it to come back and bite the Packers in the ass. So I I guess send him to New England. Like just I mean if just, if anybody's going to have his his, ber- his prophecy of being a white receiver. I yeah, you know what? It's he's it's kind of perfect. Like good fit. He's a little bit bigger than Danny, maybe a little bit faster, but I mean I don't want him to go to Seattle because Seattle's like the kind of de facto Green Bay rival for the past few years. But at, yeah. Yeah, I don't want him to go to Seattle. I want him to go to San Francisco. I'm any any free agent, <laughs> I'm just now telling that I want them to go to San Francisco until it happens. Until I until I correctly predict someone going there. So Jordy, go to San Fran, baby. You suddenly you you escape the cold winter tundra of, of Green Bay and you get to live in San Francisco. I mean, who says now? Oh, that's not. Um, speaking of the Patriots, who have done pretty much nothing except lost a lot uh, in free agency, they re-signed Rex Burkhead, so that's nice, I guess. From a I like Rex Burkhead. Um, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player, and you know they know how to use him. So um, um, there you go. That's really all we have on the Patriots. We'll talk but about I'll, who they. But. Also, though, from I mean, maybe a perspective if you own some defenses. Danny Shelton, they Danny traded Shelton. for him. I really like that move because he is a big boy and they need big boys. He, I like that move too. I mean, I love that from an actual football standpoint because he is on his rookie deal. They did it last year with Brandon Cooks and that worked out pretty damn good for them. Um, not don't think Danny Shelton's going to have that same kind of impact, but he is a he is a big boy who can get up there and play the Vince Wilfork role of just kind of being a, a physical body in the middle. Yeah, and the Patriots and Bill Belichick do a really good job at taking players who do one or two things really well and then just forcing you to beat them in some odd way. So getting a really dominant defensive tackle that can just hold up in the run kind of improves their whole defense because I think one of the problems that we saw in the Super Bowl is they're like, oh, we're just going to make you beat us with uh, quick downfield passing and quick crossing rounds. It's like, oh, shit, you were totally able to beat Damn us it, by doing that. that. <laughs> yeah. Starts in the trenches. Starts in the trenches. Um the Ravens signed John Brown. So there's an yes. Okay, good. Yes. Clark, talk to this because I, I only put this into the, into my podcast notes because I knew that you actually would probably have uh, at least some insight to put to this. Cause I don't care. So I have been way too high on John Brown for several years, you know, caveat to everything I'm about to say, but this guy has, amazing hands he's little but he's faster than everyone else on your team and if there's anything left in the corpse of joe flacco who's just able to chuck it deep and is looking for a receiver who can run under it and get it john brown is the guy he's struggled with injuries but we've seen from a couple of years ago talent is not the problem he is very good and extremely fast he's just a little small and he suffered from injury so i think this is kind of make or break for him this year with a big armed quarterback like Joe Flacco on a team who loves to do play action and throw it deep. John Brown could have a huge year or we could all be laughing at Clark's take after John Brown gets 400 yards on 40 catches in 10 games with the crappy Ravens offense. It for a receiver with speed, 
there is probably no better landing spot than Baltimore. I mean, they did it with Steve Smith. They did it with Mike Wallace. They did it with Torrey Smith before all of those two, before those two came in. Like you have, yeah, but Sean Brown's good. No, right. I, I mean, I'm just saying they were, they managed to like milk out another three years of productivity from Steve Smith and like managed to get Torrey Smith to like sign a big contract somewhere. Like, so just, just because there's not many men that I would fear taking us up on our offer of coming onto the podcast. Steve Smith, you're also good. Steve Smith, you are freaking amazing. And if you want to come onto the podcast and talk about milking, Steve Smith, uh, dairy farmer. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot. Not a lot of people knew that Steve Smith uh, was a avid dairy farmer. Um, I would put beers on and we'll do, I mean, spoiler alert for what's coming in the future. We'll of course have a, a NFL draft podcast um, with lots of beer bets, but I would put beers on Calvin Ridley getting drafted by the Ravens. If he's available at their, whatever 18th pick, um, cause they don't have receivers. Man, that's like Jordan sending people to the Jets. That's just mean. It's just, it has to have, I mean, especially with the Bears signing Allen Robinson, like that was kind of everyone's lovely destination for Calvin Ridley. Um, and I just think, I think you're now, he's destined to go to Baltimore. I think Calvin Ridley needs to go somewhere where there's a speed receiver because Calvin Ridley is not quick. Like he is not a fast receiver. He's more of, not not necessarily a Jarvis Landry type, but he's more of a meticulous, like run a precise route. It's like a Mari Cooper. Open. Yeah, yeah I, I think Calvin Ridley's just very good, and I think we get caught up in draft season. We talk, we make mm-hmm. the comparisons of like, oh, he's a little bit shorter than Randy Moss. Like, no, no, no. no. I th- I think Calvin Ridley is just going to be very good. Like, if he's your number two wide receiver on a high flying offense, he's going to kill people's second cornerback. Yep. I don't think he's going to be the greatest number one, but that is that is a huge compliment to draft a guy in the first round that can play for you for ten years as your number two. That's a great. That's a win. Bit. Yeah. Um, also bullet point at the end of all of the Ravens talk, uh, pour some out. They cut Danny Woodhead. I know Clark. I'm sorry. I had to bring all it up. My heroes are going down. Jordan Nelson got cut. Danny Woodhead got cut. Sammy Watkins and Alan Robinson went to teams that, Oh, just, just, just a bad week for you. I'm sorry. Um, but maybe this will cheer you up and we can hear what you think. Cause the next team in the alphabet is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and we alluded to the Patriots losing a bunch of players. Well, they lost a fair number of their players uh, to the Titans. Titans signed Dion Lewis, and they signed Malcolm Butler. Um, before we, before I start crying over Malcolm Butler, uh, Dion Lewis, do you like this? I am kind of on board with it. What do you guys think? Surprise, surprise! There, uh, Mike Vrabel is turning Tennessee into New England South right now with Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler. The second New England South, sir. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> the Texans. Titans or the Texans are the first New England South. A new <laughs> offshoot from the New England to Houston pipeline has been created, and I'm very upset about it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the Texans are supposed to get all of the Patriots cast-offs. I don't need Vrabel messing up the equation here he doesn't like how you have to go through tennessee to get from new england to texas he wants it just to be a straight shot you stop at the motel six and you're like this is fine this is fine i could just stay here i don't need to make it all the way to texas nashville is nice um from a fantasy perspective i i like it for Dion lewis 
because he's going to be able to do a, probably a lot more things than DeMarco Murray mm-hmm. was able to do. He can catch passes. Deion Lewis can run between the tackles. I think we talked about that last week. Um, but, and this has been a problem with some dynasty owners that I'm in some leagues with, as they were super hyped up for Derrick Henry to be the number one guy since DeMarco to, Murray's to gone. Finally, to finally not have any burdens in drafting him. Exactly. Nope, not anymore. Sorry, Derrick Henry, you're still waiting. That's my favorite aspect of this is that for a day, everyone got (laughs) so excited about Derrick Henry. And like, I think he's fine. And if you had to rely on Derrick Henry for 300 carries and, you know, 20 bumbling receptions out of the backfield, I think you would be okay. But then like to see people that are just like, I knew it. I invested. I waited for three years and then to see him get chopped off at the knees. It's like, no, uh, Deion Lewis does everything Derrick Henry does better. Right. Right. And you just know, and you know, too. And I mean, it's also just the way the the NFL is going too, right. There are very few workhorse give him 270 plus carries. Um, But it is hilarious to be like, after two years of being behind DeMarco Murray and showing flashes in your every year, you're like, Oh, Derrick Henry is sitting there in the fifth round. Do I take him? Do I not take him? Is he going to be hampered by DeMarco Murray? What do I do? And then you thought this year when you saw him in the fourth, you'd be like, yes, I'm going to take Derrick Henry. He's the RB1 there. It's going to be clear shot. They're going to give him all the touches. This is great. And now they got Deion Lewis to throw into the mix. And, of course, everyone's like, God damn it. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's a good football move for the Titans. I think it's a fine fantasy football move for Deion Lewis truthers. I don't think it kills Derrick Henry. I just think it puts him kind of back in the same spot that he was. I think he'll get more touches because Deion Lewis – is a smaller guy, even though I love him. I don't, I don't want to give him 300 carries. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with 300 touches, but not 300 carries. And so just to, the Titans get better by signing a very good player at a good cost. And I'm just really hurt that the Texans didn't get him. Last team on the list. It's the biggest offseason signing uh, of the year. Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota. Guys, there's so much here to talk about because uh, so much of this we have discussed and pretty much called on the podcast. I don't want to like toot our own horns because we rarely do that on this podcast. We're normally very modest and very humble. Uh, I am the humble host, but fully guaranteed contract three years, 84 mil or 86 mil, whatever the number is. I think it's 84, um, mm-hmm. fully guaranteed. We talked about this two weeks ago, I think where if fully guaranteed contracts were to make it into the NFL, that it was going to have to be a quarterback. That's going to start it. They were going to take less money. Jimmy Garoppolo remember is being paid $130 million. Kirk cousins could have easily exceeded that number. Um, but instead went with the fully guaranteed money after going fully guaranteed via the franchise tag for the last two seasons. That boy has made some cash monies. Um, but this is huge. This is huge for the NFL in terms of actually players being appropriately compensated. So I would say that is a pretty big pat on the back for all of us on this pod. So nailed it. So I lost my beer bet because I said the Jets because they have more cap space. And I was like, you know what? They can give them throw them more guaranteed money at them. You know, like, who cares? I don't think the Vikings had the requisite space, not just this year, but for the subsequent years the ones that are following after that when they have to sign some really key important guys 
I don't, I'm still trying to figure out if this is going to be the right move for the Vikings. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is fully the answer because Case Keenum did have a pretty darn good year last year. Like he was an MVP caliber player. And I, I kind of want to wanted to save this in case we did kudos and pudos, but pudos to you, Michigan State University. There is no new king in the north. Kirk Cousins hasn't even won a playoff game, so you can calm down with that noise. It's Aaron Rodgers' kingdom until further notice. Thank you very much. But one thing I tweeted about today, and I thought it would be hilarious if this was actually the future, was that what if Washington was right about not paying Kirk Cousins? Like, just just think about that for one second. What if Dan Snyder actually got something right and did not pay Kirk Cousins the money that Kirk Cousins probably deserved when they were initially franchise taken what if if dan snyder is a genius yeah i mean what if the past nine years have been an elaborate ruse hey what if we're all living in the matrix even a broke clock is right twice a day so that's that would be one more time than dan snyder (laughs) (laughs) dan snyder is worse than a broken clock yeah you want to rebuttal these claims I, I don't think that Kirk Cousins is effing amazing, but I think he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. And so, like, decent football move for the Vikings. You get a good quarterback who I think is better than anybody else you had on the roster. You get a good three-year deal out of it. I'm looking at over the cap, dot cab and the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. Like, oh, $137 million. And what I'm so excited about this contract is the guaranteed money contract, whether it's 82 or 84, 86, doesn't matter. The $137 million that Garoppolo is making using air quotes again, for you podcast listeners is complete farce. He's got essentially a $41 million deal. He's got 34 million guaranteed this year and seven and a half million guaranteed next year. So he's probably going to make the 17 two next year, no matter what. So we got basically a two year, $51 million deal. I'm so excited for the fully guaranteed contract because I think it's going to force a better environment for players and teams. And I think after we start seeing more guaranteed contracts, then there will be some kind of negotiation for, you know, contracts that you can, as far as salary cap goes, kind of ride off because people got injured. And I think that's just going to be better for players. And I think it's just going to be better for the league. Uh, Quick news update. Adam Schefter just tweeted, no breaking signings, but I thought it was relevant since we're on the NFC North here. Uh, Lions are visiting with four veteran running backs this week. Uh, Jonathan Stewart and DeMarco Murray already visited. And then they got scheduled visits with Frank Gore tomorrow on Thursday and LeGarrette Blount on Friday. So I could like Frank there. I love Amir Abdullah. I think this is all stupid. Okay. Um, <laughs> One of his heroes. The only person in America who does that. In case you're keeping track, I make very bad running back decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Quick math time, too, because I put beers down that Kirk Cousins was going to make more money than Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and Kurt, uh, Case Keenum combined. And guess what, you guys? None of you took me on it. So it doesn't even really matter whether or not I was right. But I was right. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was five million. Sam Bradford twenty. Keaton was thirty six, which totals up to sixty one million, far below uh, Kirk Cousins is eighty four. Forgot his name there. For yeah, if, if I recall, we all mocked at how that wasn't a bold. Thing. I know you dick. And then, and then your rebuttal was, well, I thought you were going to say he was going to get two hundred million, and I was, and yeah. and once that number came out, I was like, oh, thank God, I did not like take that up because, uh 
even even if the, he had gone the Jimmy Garoppolo route where it was just like I want the biggest number and I don't care whether or not it's actually a a, D, a big contract. I don't even know if it would have touched two hundred million yet, but the eighty four would have. I would have looked very foolish if I was like, oh sure, he's going to sign to a two hundred million dollar contract and he gets eighty four mil. So, um, there you go. That's the that's the recap of of a week of free agency. Um, the highlights that are still yet to come. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, signing with the Patriots. Going to the Texans. Tyron and putting Matthew. a big middle finger to the Texans and saying, screw you guys. Um, other big free agent signings no one cares about. It's the only one anyone cares about. That, you know and, what? that and I want the Patriots to steer into being the most hated franchise in the NFL and sign in Dominican Sue. Bring it I, on. Let's just be, let's just be, let's just thrive in the hate. I'm so glad that the uh... The Cardinals. What did they spend on QBs? Um, well, they they spent the twenty, well, 20 million, million on Sam Bradford. On Bradford. That's all you need to know. They gave Mike Glennon like a small deal too, but they they had to cut the Honey Badger to get more cap space. And what was it like? Two For years, what? nineteen million. It wasn't <laughs> like he was going to make eighteen no. this year or something. Like it for a guy like that, a, 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 a little under. 10 mil a year that guy is a huge difference the guy who's the guy who's yeah who's defensive player of the year caliber two years ago you know like come on come on arizona what you what you doing there what you doing there um he doesn't fit the defense you need to hire new coaches if you feel like he doesn't fit <laughs> fire right. your new coach and build a new defense uh before we leave before we leave your uh ear holes that's not a good way of phrasing that. Uh, let's do pudos and kudos. And I reversed it this time. So we'd end on a happy note. Um, Clark, let's start with you. Do you have pudos for the week? I only have pudos this week. Ooh, um, Clark is angry. Well, so not angry, calm, calm. reflective. Uh, so as Americans, we spend a lot of time in our cars, going to and fro, work, and whatnot. Everyone, calm down. Calm down. When people put their blinker on, let them in. You're not going to get there later. Slow down. And also, it's not your road. We're not all just there to inconvenience you. Have a little courtesy out on the highways, America. Let's take it easy. If we all drove a little nicer, we would actually get there faster. So let's stop being dicks to each other because we're in our little metal and glass coffins and it feels like we're invincible. How about we just try being nice? That's it. I don't know. That's my like old man rant for the week. I like it. I like it. I, uh, I'm just laughing the whole time because all of the tendencies you described is like basically how I was brought up on the East Coast to drive. <laughs> This, well, is, this is bread in me. I'm the worst driver. I I I just need to never be on the road. Uh, Jordan, do you have pudos for the week? Um, yeah, I already touched on it. My pudos. Sure, you Michigan, already gave it Michigan. Michigan State University for that just insulting tweet Anus. that they posted out. Just terrible. And you know what? Michigan State sports is not exactly in the realm of morality right now. So. Calm down, MSU. I think uh, the University of Michigan gained some footing in that state. Uh, my pudos for the week uh, are combine questions. Um, this came out. Uh, Darius Geis, who's a uh, rookie running back, evidently was reportedly asked by a team if his mother was a prostitute uh, and if he was gay. 
um, and the team's reasoning or people's reasoning or someone being stupid enough to try to justify these questions is like, oh, we want to put them in awkward situations and get a rise out of them and see how they do. Uh, that's just, it's just it's bullshit and it's most likely slash almost certainly illegal. Um, and for whatever reason, no, we, it, it, sorry, breaking news, it is illegal. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know about the your mother's a whore thing, but being a homosexual is a federally protected thing that you cannot discriminate against when you're hiring someone. Sorry, HR talk. We did email it. talk earlier. We're doing HR talk now. Yeah, highly yeah. illegal. And that's the thing too is is like I guess because it's sports and because somehow we feel that that's not a job and there's this whole production about it. This is a job interview and it should be treated as such, right? You should not be able to ask any question that cannot be asked in a job interview. And to all of these stupid people, I shouldn't say stupid. I'm I'm Clark. I'm taking a I'm taking a deep breath. I'm relaxing. To all of those people who uh, respond on Twitter or on social media to these articles talking about how whomever asked this question should be fired, should be uh, his, his name should be broadcasted and that team should be fined and there should be punishment to this to all those people who use, take to social media to type comments on these articles and say things like, Oh, well, if I was going to be paying someone $10 million, I would want to know these things. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh. What? No, because you are paying someone does not mean you get to ask them if their mother was a prostitute. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. God, for a second, I thought you were going to say, like, just stop it with all your social justice nonsense. <laughs> they can ask them whatever. I was like, Pete, you were steering into this hard abort. Ab okay, no, no, no. No, it's the it's the Joe it's the Jonah Hill gift. Oh no, 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 no. That's it's just a ridiculous line, I think. And I, it's just it just I it, it's it's what it is is it's another it's just another reminder that the NFL, for all of the progress that you think it's making, it is still like an old boys club filled with white males who think that they can get away with anything and that everything is socially acceptable because hey, whatever, we're rich and nothing, there's no kind of judge, jury, or execu executioner in this league. So screw it. I think with um with the like the more recent Dallas Mavericks case that came out, we're gonna start to see a little bit more on the inside of sports and how there's just a culture of bad behavior and asking somebody if they're gay during a combine interview to see how they react in awkward situations implies that being gay is wrong so that is a wrong question to ask and that it's just not acceptable by any metric it's just not acceptable well said um let's end now on a positive note uh clark give us your kudos for the week I just started right. thinking about how upset I got on my drive home because I let tons of people in. And then I didn't realize that there was an obstruction in my lane and six assholes just decided like they were going to act like they didn't see me and let me into lane. I guess my kudos is to the one person who let me in. Thank you, kind soul. There are some good people out there, apparently still in the South, maybe not up where Pete lives. Definitely not in Boston. So thank you to those who do not do the pudos I mentioned earlier. There's Beautiful. my kudos. Jordan, give us your kudos. Uh, my kudos, sorry to get all political on you guys again, but my kudos is to all the young students that were involved in the national walkout day. There was a lot of chatter on social media for students to 
do a quote walk in and walk up to the like the lonely person and we talked about this with the gun debate too like walk up to the lonely person or pay attention to somebody whose feelings you might be of hurting like yes do that too but also there's um, there is a wrong way to protest and usually that's an illegal way but this is not a wrong way to protest this is something that's peaceful it's standing up for your rights and i am quite frankly proud of the next generation that's coming up as people as kids who may not be old enough to vote maybe just be old enough to vote by the time this next election cycle comes through in a few months and that really makes me hopeful and i'm glad that these young kids aren't just a bunch of like youtube watching uh, what's that substance that they make the the sticky stuff pods <laughs> no not oh yeah not even tide pods Billy putty slime it's it's called slime that's yeah. it and it I, i'm glad to see that they're actually paying attention to stuff and caring about things so i guess kudos to to the youths in america the youths since we are taking a second to uh talk about that i think it's really interesting that we have a lot of teachers unions protesting and walking out of the school and then a lot of schools saying kids can't possibly do this uh find that very funny also our public schools are little prisons so go kids you go kids you get it like regardless <laughs> of what you're protesting like you walking out costs this horrible infrastructure millions of dollars so if you got a if you got a thing and and again, like you said, walking out is a very respectful type of protest. It's like taking mm. tea during a song. You know, oh, you're not catching wait, things on is fire. That a protest? Would that be something that someone would do to protest? Taking a knee during a song? Whether whether you agree with the message or not, it is a very respectful way to do it. So yeah, I like the kudos to the kids for for doing it this way instead of you know spray painting whatever burning things down so yeah great kudos this, to the kids this is your shawshank moment high school kids of america <laughs> escape um my kudos i alluded to this when we touched on the patriots and the titans just quickly um malcolm butler got signed to the titans is no longer a patriot uh i just want to take a quick moment because this is our podcast and i could get to say whatever i want on it and take time to remember things um that moment that his interception against the Seahawks will forever be the greatest sports moment I have ever witnessed live. Um, <clears throat> I thought that game was, I thought when Jermaine curse made that insane bobble catch, I thought, here we go again. Patriots are going to lose a super bowl uh, on an absurd catch. They, you know, I had become a fan just on the tail end of their three super bowl wins uh, in the early two thousands. And so I was not able to be fully invested during those i suffered through and again i say that as a very privileged patriots fan suffered through two giants losses which were crushing and devastating um and when cl got to that goal line i just thought here we go again i'm gonna have to deal with this this is and deflate gate had just been introduced and this is going to be all the media is talking about and then <clears throat> an undrafted rookie uh who worked his ass off to be on that field made the biggest play in Super Bowl history intercepted that ball. Everyone in the room who I was watching the game with just jumped up and was screaming and yelling and jovial and excited. I curled up on the couch and started crying. I cried for like 40 minutes after that, after that play. Um, there is, 
it sucks how things were left between him and the team. And I, I, I want to say Malcolm, because I'm sure you're listening. Everyone listens to this podcast. I love everything that you did for the Patriots. You were the true professional. You came in, you worked your ass off from day one, uh, became one of the best corners in the league for a stretch of time. Were paid absolute peanuts. You fought through whatever adversity was thrown your way. Uh, and I'm glad that you got paid. I'm glad that you've, you've betted on yourself and you got what you deserve. Um, and I'm excited to see what you're able to do in Tennessee. But that that play was will forever be the, the greatest sporting moment I've ever witnessed. So uh, thank you, Malcolm. Now I just feel like a dick for not saying anything about Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I got you. Yeah, Clark, Clark can give his tearful goodbye to Jordy Nelson. But no, well said. That that game, I remember that too. That, that was four years ago already. Absurd. And I don't even think this – it's not funny, actually. I don't think Seattle has even recovered from oh, that moment hilarious. yet. I, I will so let you laugh at that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he almost ruined a franchise, I think. He pretty much did. Uh, anyways, there's your podcast. There's your NFL free agency recap. Uh, we'll, of course, be up to date with everything uh, going on. I think next week we might have a special, special guest. Um, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. Um, but until then, make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars because you love us. Even if you don't like us, just give us five stars because why not? Because you're a kind, caring, giving person. Maybe at some point we'll think of some clever little competition or contest that we can have to uh, boost our ratings because we're sellouts like that follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast follow myself at pdm rogers clark at nfl clark and jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 um we will talk to you next week get ready for more nfl action there's still lots to do um peace